0: So we're going to start to talk about lashon hara. Really, there's a lot of uh, sources scattered throughout the Talmud about the topic of lashon hara. The person, the two most famous uh, rabbis who discuss the topic of lashon hara, are on one hand the Chafetz Chaim, who is very very famous for uh, bringing all the laws and uh, guidelines and do's and don'ts of lashon hara into uh, a number of books that he wrote dedicated to the subject of Lashon Hara. The other one who preceded the Chafetz Chaim is the Rambam, who brings together these halachot in the Mishneh Torah, which includes, essentially the Mishneh Torah includes all uh, the entire Torah, all of the uh, 613 mitzvot, so of course includes Lashon Hara as well. So for the purposes of tonight, I thought that we would uh, explore what the Rambam has to say about Lashon Hara, because I think that when we, uh, when we look at his, as opposed to the Chafetz Chaim, who focused more on the practicality of the details of Lashon hara, when it's allowed, when it's not allowed, and so on, and he really gets into the nitty-gritty, the Rambam kind of gives us a picture of uh, a sense of what is problematic about Lashon hara, why the Torah is uh, directing us to avoid it, and uh, what negative effects it can have on us. Uh, I think he brings it out in a very beautiful way. Now the Rambam actually talks about it in two different places. The first place that he talks about it is in Hilchot De'ot. Hilchot De'ot is the section of the Halachot of the Rambam that talks about character. De'ot means character, uh, uh, characteristics of the personality. Personality traits, I think we would translate it as. So <laughs> we're all made up of a whole constellation of character traits that define us. Obviously they are changeable and they're malleable and they're flexible. And part of growth is hopefully um, recalibrating and correcting and improving our character. That's, that's a big part of what it means to develop as a Jew and as a human being. And that's what Hilchot De'ot is about. It's about identifying what these different character traits are, what these different tendencies are, and uh, learning how to improve them. So in the context of Hilchot De'ot, the Rambam brings up the issue of uh, Lashon Hara. And I think it's uh, the other place that he brings it up, is a place that's very far afield of of that. Because most people, when they study the Rambam, they study the beginning of the Rambam. Because the beginning of the Rambam, he has all the basic beliefs of Judaism, he has ideas of character traits, learning Torah, sanctifying Hashem's name, all these beautiful themes that are really uh, central to what it means to be a Jew. So people love the beginning of the book of the Mishnah Torah, and many people are familiar with it or they've learned it. A lot of the classes that are given on the Mishnah Torah are about the beginning. But the Rambam covers everything. It covers all 613 mitzvot. It's actually made up of 14 different volumes. Even though they consolidate it down into one volume, it's 14 different books technically. And it, it encompasses everything. So where does the Rambam next speak about Lashon HaRa? He speaks about it in the Halachot of Tzaraat. Tzaraat is a skin affliction that usually they translate it as leprosy. It's not really leprosy. We know that. And, you know, every rabbi who teaches it always has to give that disclaimer. It's not really leprosy. It grows on the wall also. It grows on clothing. And it appears on the skin. And we know it's a very severe type of impurity. So the Rambam over there also talks about the idea of Lashon Hara. So <coughs> let's just start with what he says in the seventh chapter of the Mishneh Torah Hilchot Deot. What does he say? Hamrager a person... Who talks about his friends. Now I want you to notice what he doesn't say in this halacha. We're going to see who can notice. I didn't say it yet. Not a, it's not going to be obvious yet. What does he not say in this halacha? He says, A person who goes talking about his friends, he violates a negative commandment. Because it says, Because it says, don't go around as a gossip among your people. Even though there is no court Mandated penalty There's no punishment That a person receives For this by the court But It's a very great sin It can even cause The death of people It's a very very dangerous sin And what does the Rambam define I'm skipping a little bit What is defined as a gossip Rachil actually Usually means a peddler Somebody who goes around With like uh, uh, With wares From place to place So it says it means a person Who takes who uh, takes stuff. So he says the person carries reports from place to place saying, hey, this is what so and so said, did you hear this about so and so? And goes around sharing this information, this inside scoop with everybody that they can. Okay? This is what the Rambam says is called Rachil. This is, called, uh, this is what, what the prohibition is of a chilut, according to the Rambam. Right? Not everybody agrees with that exact definition of the word chilut. It's just the Rambam. So what's missing from that definition? Anybody notice? Right, he doesn't say anything about it, it has to be bad. Right? He just says, goes on speaking. Could be like, oh, did you hear, you know, uh, 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 I don't want to pick a name that's going to end up being somebody's name by accident, you know. Bob, there's nobody named Bob here. Right? No, okay, Bob bought a new shirt this week. Did you see? He bought a new car. He did this. He did that. Whatever. They're talking about some random person, just schmoozing about the person. Oh, did you hear? He got a new job. Did you hear? He he moved. They're just chatting. That's the content of their chatter. Okay, like People Magazine, basically. People Magazine. Some of the stuff is negative. Some of the stuff is positive. It's just full of a lot of random, unimportant information about people who are no more or less important than you and I. But somebody decided to make them celebrities. But okay? well, Basically, they are just regular human beings, but that's what it's full of, just kind of talk about those people. Okay? Doesn't say it has to be bad. So the Rambam is already saying, if you're talking about people, it's already in Avera. If you're going around talking about what is the latest gossip, Gossip doesn't necessarily mean There has to be anything bad It just means interested Oh did you hear so and so change jobs Did you hear so and so is going out with this person did you? Any kind of information about people That's what they're talking about This is the topic of their conversation Now he says There's another prohibition that's included in this Which is called Lashonara. Okay so see how the Rambam <coughs> Says there's a general problem That you're talking about people then within that, that you're talking bad. That's even worse. That's even worse. He says, This is somebody who speaks negatively, disparagingly of another person. Okay? So you see the Rambam did that very deliberately. He didn't mention that the quality of the speech was bad or negative before. He just said, going around talking about people, any kind of talking, just like we love to sit around in Gaza, It's just schmoozing. People do that. They sit around, they have the cha'i, they sit, and they just talk about all the news in the neighborhood. You put the I have mine here too. And they just talk about all the news in the neighborhood, what this one did, that one did, another one. Doesn't necessarily have to be anything disparaging. Just that they like to talk about what's entertaining the news. He says, Again, even though it's true, it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. What matters is that they're talking about it. And he says "Motzi Shemra Is another thing Motzi Shemra is a person Somebody who says falsehood Okay So you have three different things You have talking about people According to the Ramba. You have three different things Talking about people in general You have Talking negatively about people But it's true But it's still negative Okay right? And then you have Where it's made up So you're actually What we would call You know You're defaming the person Let's say You're saying things That are actually not true Libelists. Libelous speech, okay, things that are that are actually untrue. And he says, different, the, levels. <coughs> different levels, yeah. So he says, and he says, there are professional gossipers. right? A We have a bal Kore, somebody who knows how to read the Torah. You have a bal tokeah, knows how to blow the shofar. Then you have a bal lachonara, somebody who's a professional lachonara, a gossip columnist, basically. Right, what they do, they they go collecting information just to talk about people. That's what they do. That's their that's their job. We, they, they have a word only in Yiddish for that, a yenta. Right, that's a yenta. She goes and she, she collects all the all the news. And uh, did you hear about this person? About that person? And uh, in any case, that's what the Rambam says. So, even though, again, this is, an, uh, this is a sin that people do all the time. Lashon is a sin that people do casually all the time. Okay? And yet, the Chachamim say that it's equivalent to the three cardinal sins of murder and adultery and, and, uh, and Avodah Zarah. The three sins that are the, uh, uh, you know, the cardinal sins that a person is supposed to give their life before committing. The, lashon HaRa is the equivalent. We have to understand why that is. Because so on one hand, the Rambam is telling us there's no actual like penalty for it in a court of law. Let's say a Jewish court of law, there are sins that you commit that the bet din in a Jewish state, where the bet din was you know imposing punishments, where the bet din actually you know punishes you for doing certain sins. But this is not a sin that you would actually be liable, so to speak, in a court of law in a bet din. And yet, it's worse than the worst sins. The three sins for which the first Beit HaMikdash was destroyed. The three sins that a person is obligated to give up their life before they do it. Right? The immorality, idolatry, and murder. It's equivalent to those. We have to understand why. And the rabbis also said, Voda Muchachamim, kola misapir kilo kafar b'ikar. A person who gets involved in the shonara, it's as if he denies the existence of God. Kafar b'ikar means he denies the existence of God. As it says Because they said We'll allow our tongue to be strong Our lips are with us Who is the master over us? Meaning the person who is involved in Lashon hara Forgets that they have a master over them And, uh, and the Chachamim also said Lashon hara kills three people umro, the person who says it the person who listens And also the person who Uh, they're talking about, right? It's so easy to destroy a person's life with uh, the smallest amount of dollars. You just have to look in the modern times at online reviews, right? Let's say you're going to go to a restaurant or let's say you want to go to a hotel or you want to whatever. You want to go to some place that you know you're going to put down a lot of money and you want to have a good experience. You go online and you see a few one-star reviews. Forget it. We're not even going to look at that place. Now, it could be that that person's a disgruntled employee It could be that that person was making unreasonable demands and they were upset and they were being vindictive. You don't know the reason why they put the negative review. And yet, that will affect the person's business. It really affects their business. I've had situations where people have contacted me. Let's say I put an online review because I thought it was really, you know I had a very bad experience and I wanted to let people know for their benefit, which you're allowed to do. And I got contacted by the owner and said, I'm the new owner of the business. That was the old owner. And your review is still on there, but you know I'm trying to do everything right. Can you please take it off? You know because it really because people really look. They look and they check, and it affects. Or imagine if somebody's like, "Hey, you know, I'm thinking of going into a partnership with Tim. What do you think?" And you say, ah, "That's all you have to do." Ah, that's all you have to do. For, oh, you're telling me I should steer clear of Tim. Tim is bad. I'm trying to pick names that are very unlikely that anybody has. Right? Uh, Tim is bad. You're telling me by going, eh, Tim is bad. I should steer clear of him and then it's over. Now Tim loses out just from that one moment that he did that. So you see how powerful it is. It's very, very powerful. There was a story. This happened in my neighborhood in Israel. And that Israel has very, very, very strict libel laws. Very strict libel laws. You can't put a negative review of a business online in Israel. You could be sued. And so there was a lady... In Kiryat got in my neighborhood. I don't know this lady, but it was in the news. She ordered shawarma. Okay? This, ta- this sounds like everyday Israel story, you know. She ordered shawarma to her house because she was like taking care of her mother at home or something like that. So she ordered it, take it, you know, like deliver. And she was very disappointed in the shawarma. It didn't have a lot of meat inside maybe because she didn't come into the store to get it so you know they they, they cut corners it wasn't as good so she went online and she wrote you know I got the shawarma and I wasn't very happy there wasn't a lot of meat and blah 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 whatever the owner of the store sued her for like a hundred thousand shekel or something like that a large amount I forget how much it was it was a lot and he won well she didn't come to court actually so she lost it by default judgment I don't know if she actually ended up paying it or if she appealed or what. I don't know. But the point is that the fact is that one negative review like that could bury somebody's business and people are really, 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 you know, vigilant about that and in Israel in particular because the laws for libel are so strict that people, that's why they have all these WhatsApp chats. That's where you say all the truth about your, your experience. Don't use this. Use this guy. Don't use this guy. Because if you write it online, you're going to get sued. Right? Now... Um, the reason I mention it is just because the effect that one small comment or even just a little, uh
1: okay, you
0: know. Oh, you know, I'm going to Rabbi Goldstein. I'm, that's a generic name, not a real rabbi. Okay. I'm going to Rabbi Goldstein's Shior tomorrow. Oh, Rabbi, what do you think of Rabbi Goldstein? Ah, he's okay. Oh, Rabbi Goldstein, you're saying Rabbi Goldstein is not a, not a good rabbi. Right? So anything that you say it can have such an impact. And now I'm going to walk around with that idea in my mind that maybe Rabbi Goldstein is, you know, not, not that great. And that's not fair. So, now, in the, and he says also, the that the person who hears Lashon is hara is more negatively affected even than the person who says it. And you can see why. Because if you listen to Lashon we're going to get into why Lashon HaRa is bad for you in a second. I want to get into all these. I'm just laying out the groundwork because we still have to understand why is it so bad? Why is it equivalent to the three worst sins? Why? We have to understand that. Why is it equivalent to rejecting the existence of God? And it's so bad. And yet, it's not punishable in a court of law. How does that make sense? How could that be? Right? But why would it be that the person listening to the Lashon HaRa is even more damaged than the person who's saying it? Do you know why? Partially, but think of it this way. If I go and I see a group of people saying Lashon Hara and I just sit on the side with my chai on the side and I'm listening, I can walk away and say, I didn't do anything wrong. I wasn't the one saying the Lashon Hara, I just am listening. What did I do? But really... You were participating. You just didn't actively participate. The person who actively participates, maybe afterwards they'll say, I probably really shouldn't have said that thing about Rabbi Goldstein, you know? I probably shouldn't have dissed the shawarma on, you know, on the internet like that. I probably just should have called them up and said, I want a different. Whatever. You know? You, you can. But when, uh, when you're sitting there passively, you always have the feeling of, what did I do? I didn't do anything. I'm innocent. So a lot when you don't take any responsibility for something, it's a lot harder. To, it has a more pernicious effect because you're, you're in denial that you did anything wrong. You said, I didn't do anything. What, I, I didn't say anything. I was just sitting there. It was the other guy or the other girl who was saying it. What was I supposed to do? Rabbi Adam told me a good trick one time. He said whenever he would be at an event. He told me this years ago. You know, whenever he'd be at an event and they would start saying Lashon Hara, he would just say that he had to go to the bathroom. And he would leave. And then after a while, when every five minutes he had to go to the bathroom, they got the message that he didn't want to sit when they were saying Lashon Hara. It was very small. Anyway. So um, so I want to take a look quickly at the other place where the Rambam talks about Lashon Hara Because I still don't understand how Lashon Hara can be such a severe thing. Why it's like idolatry. Why is it like all these terrible sins? And yet... It's not, even a, it's not even one of the mitzvah that you're punished for in this world. Like we don't do anything to you for committing the sin. The beddin doesn't do anything to you. How can it be such a severe sin? So the other place that the Rambam brings this, as I mentioned, is in the halachot of tumat zarat. A person gets impurity of tzarat. Now, just to use an English word, we call it leprosy. It's not leprosy. It's some kind of a discoloration of the skin It actually starts On the walls of the house Then it moves to the uh, Then it moves to the uh, To the clothing And then eventually To the skin The Rambam lays this out In, in the halachot of, uh, of Tumat tzarat. And um, And it's very interesting Because you might say To yourself Look Tumat The tumah That happens Now we have a tradition Like the Rambam Is going to tell us That the tumah Tzarat Happens to a person because they were involved in Lashon Hora. That's one of the reasons, or the main reason why you would get that tuma. Okay? That might be true, but why would you discuss at length the ideas of Lashon hara in this context, when really the focus of the context here is the actual laws of the impurity of the Tarat. Why are you talking about Lashon hara? Finish talking about Lashon in the when it comes to character development. That was the right place to be talking about it. Why do you rehash it in the laws of Tzarat? It's like, it doesn't fit. Because the laws of Tzarat are all about these technicalities. Which color, wh- where does it appear? How many hairs are coming out? All of these technicalities about who has to go into uh, into uh, 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 the quarantine. And who is, uh, what is, the, the Kohen judges them. And under what circumstances they're out of the quarantine. And, and so on and so forth. With the Tzarat, why get into a discussion of Lashon Ra? And yet he does. He says the Tzarat is something which is, uh, uh, which was a, uh, it wasn't something natural it was something that Hashem did because of Lashon the whole purpose of it was to get you away from Lashon that's a pretty big thing so you don't have the court of Israel doesn't do anything about Lashon but Hashem does He does a miracle that's, He does a miracle to prevent you from Lashon Hora it's that bad the first thing that happens when you're saying Lashon is the walls start to change color if you do teshuva, you stop the Okay, so now the house goes back to normal You'll be able to purify But, but if you persist until the house has to be destroyed Because that's what happens if you remember reading In parashat mitzvah, that's what happens The house has to be destroyed completely If the tzvah doesn't go away So then what happens is that the uh, that, that the leather in the house that, You know, meaning the clothing Or the, uh, you know, the, the leather That he, that he lies on and then the clothing that he wears and then his own skin right and then when it happens to you on your own body so then you know that very famously so the mitzvah has to completely leave any human society he has to go out live by himself and uh, it's totally isolated so he will stop doing
1: that's
0: why the Torah talks about it gives Miriam as the example and I think this is really interesting Miriam is an example Because she got sarat And she was outside the camp They waited for seven days Right? They had the, when she said about Moshe Rabbeinu She said a negative thing About Moshe Rabbeinu And she had to be outside the camp for seven days And what does the Rambam say? Think about the case of Miriam First of all When you're an older sibling You feel like You can say whatever you want Just like a parent Feels about their child They can say whatever they want Because they say, of course I love that you know, the older sibling. It's like, uh, almost feels like she raised him. She, she did, basically. She saved his life, right? She, she was, you know, practically raising him. It was motherly. She saved him and brought him to, you know, so Bad Paro ends up uh, adopting him, the whole thing. She didn't even really say anything bad about Moshe Rabbeinu. What did she say? Ela She just said How come Moshe Rabbeinu Is separating from his wife When we who are also prophets Don't have to separate from our spouses That was the only thing She wasn't even really saying anything so bad Okay And he didn't even care Because one of the things people always say about Oh he wouldn't mind if I tell you this He wouldn't mind Right That's a very common excuse So And yet uh, Right away she got Sarat Right So so, all the more so Ordinary people Who are involved in Lashon HaRa heavily And therefore it's proper for somebody Who wants to do the right thing You should get away from the people who are involved in speaking Lashon HaRa So you don't get involved in their silliness Okay (coughs) So now the Rambam brings Another very interesting piece. And again, this is all in the laws of Tzarat, which is weird. He says, this is how it works. First, people start talking about divrei Havai. Nonsense. People just sit around and they start pet, we call it, right? pet talking, right? Nonsense talking. Then, then, Umitoch kach ben tzadikim After a while, they start saying negative things about the tzadikim. He quotes psukim to back that up. Then they'll start talking about the prophets in the vi'im. Then they start talking about Hashem and Torah and all that and they become, uh, they become heretics. Now I personally never saw that happen. Did you ever see anybody go from speaking nonsense you know, talking about we call it, you know, like talking about uh, just chatting to becoming a, rejecting the existence of God? I never saw that and I've seen a lot of being, you know, Gone through whole pile of tochma they're talking, 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 and then and nobody there decided there was no God at the end. So, so that does that, that doesn't really happen in, in real life. So, what does the Rambam say? And then he quotes another thing. They put their mouths against heaven and their tongues go along the earth. What caused them to go against heaven that they were talking on earth? Okay, that's so meaning the lashon they were saying on earth. Leads them also to reject God. We have to understand what He means. Aval This is how he ends the laws of torah. Whoever was learning to actually find out about the laws of torah already like completely lost the thread of the conversation because he's talking about Lashana in detail now. Okay? And the the speech of the good Jewish people is only devre Torah and words of wisdom. And that's why Hashem helps them and He gives them zechut, And He quotes a pasuk for that as well. Okay? So notice the Rambam ends on a positive note. Right? What we should talk about. Not just what we shouldn't talk about. But I want to understand what is the reason why the Rambam brings this, these laws twice? And what is the reason why there are such severe laws? Why is the Ha'la so bad? Why is it so earth-shatteringly bad? And yet, in the human court... There's no consequence. Only in the, Hashem has to intervene uh, metaphysically and, and, and supernaturally for, uh, for you to have a consequence. Why? So I would like to suggest the answer is, is that we see that the Rambam started talking about this in Hilchot De'ot. Hilchot De'ot is about development. It's not about black and white laws. Like this is Asur on Shabbat and this is allowed on Shabbat. This is, this is kosher, this is not kosher. It's not black and white. It's about the development of the person. <laughs> means it's a process. We're all in a gradual process of development. And one of the things that is a good measure of our development is what we talk about. What we talk about is an excellent measure of our development. Have you ever met a person who only wants to talk about sports? Or only wants to talk about fashion Or only wants to talk about A television show that they like Or whatever You know where their mind is, right? What you talk about is where your mind is That's where your focus is, right? You know there's a very famous uh, Quote from Eleanor Roosevelt Everybody knows this quote Great minds Talk about ideas Average minds talk about events Right? And the lowest The lowest Right, below average, they talk about people, right? And that's really very true. Because meaning, a per, what a person talks about tells you what, my parents used to know this guy, it wasn't Jewish. All he talked about was food. All he talked about was, food. whenever they would him. oh my God, I went to this event last week and they had this, When they would describe in detail, every detail of the food. Of everywhere that he had been in the last, since the last time you saw them. The entire conversation was about the food. What is that person's interest? What is that person's focus? Food. So from what you talk about, what does the Torah tell you? You should love Hashem. And what does it say? It says that if a person loves Hashem, what are they going to talk about? You're going to speak about the words of Torah because that's what you love. That's what you care about. It should be the thing you talk about it says that the, the essence of what you speak about should be divre meaning that should be where your focus is in life your focus is on is on understanding the wisdom of Hashem that's what you're going to talk about you're going to talk about what you love people talk about their passions right when somebody's really passionate about something that doesn't speak to you you're not going to have that many conversations with them because it's all they're going to want to talk about and you're going to have very brief conversations because you're not going to have a lot in common. And if you meet somebody who has the same passion as you, you'll be inseparable from each other because you'll just want to keep going and going and going. It shows where you are at as a person. So when a person, when an individual's focus is on people, okay, all they want to talk about is other people. That's, all, that's what they want to talk about. It's a character flaw Is what the Rambam is saying That's why That's why it's not Something punishable In the Bedin We can't say Oh they did They said these words We're going to give them uh, We're going to give them Makot Or some Some kind of uh, 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 Punishment in the beddin That they would give Normally Administer lashes Or something like that They're not going to do that Because it's not about the speech It's about the character Of the person Where is the person's mind Okay And If we really Dig in To what Lashon hara does to a person, or really what talking about people does to a person, and I think this is the essence of it, is it seals us off from a greater reality. Our entire focus is on the human world. All we're focusing on is what people are doing. That's the only thing we want to talk about. So like People Magazine, I just use that as an example, because to me, it's the most ridiculous thing. It's a magazine only about people, nothing else. Like there's nothing else to talk about or think about besides what people are doing and what their relationships, who's breaking up and who's getting together and who had kids and who went on a vacation here and who was wearing that or this. That's all there is to talk about. There's nothing else important to talk about. That's the idea that it sends, right? That's the message it sends. So it's, now, but what does that give us? So that means that the, the, the focus of our attention, our interest is narrowed to just what people are doing and saying, now that could be relatively parov, Because you'll we'll say, okay So he, so that's what he cares about He cares about what people are doing and saying, alright But what is the, what, what the Rambam is telling you And really, these are all quoted from Gemarot In Masechet Arachin mainly That when a person starts to What do you say, hermetically seal off Reality that the the whole reality that they see is the reality only of human affairs. What are they sealing out? They're sealing out Hashem. They're sealing out the reality beyond that. When the Navi Yishayahu talks about the decadent culture before the destruction of the first Beth HaMikdash, he was talking hundreds of years before the actual destruction, but he saw the process of descent already happening in his time. The decadent culture, they were drinking and they were partying and they were, you know, they were, uh, they were, they were uh, you know, getting drunk all the time and listening to music and all that. But it says, they never looked upon the work of Hashem. They, they never looked at the, at the work, the handiwork of God. They didn't focus on anything beyond their social interactions. Everything for them was the social world. So that's what really what the Rambam is saying Or really what the Gemara is saying, that kafar b'ikar, that they deny God, means their whole sense of what is real and what is important is in the social world. Nothing beyond that. So what happens then? What happens then? So if I cut myself off from anything higher, so I need to find a way to get fulfillment. I need to find a way to make myself feel worth something. I need to feel feel great. How am I going to feel great if all I can talk about is other people? I can't get out of that. So what's going to make me feel great then? What does a bully do to make himself feel great? To use an extreme example. What what did our parents tell us why the bully is always saying bad things? Because he's insecure. He wants to feel better about himself by bullying other people. When you put other people down, you feel better about yourself. And I'm just being... That is brutal honesty. Like when we are saying negative things about people it's always with a smug sense of satisfaction that we are better. And when we're talking about the adventures of other people, we're vicariously living through what that person is doing too. Because they did something crazy. And maybe we wouldn't be willing to do something that crazy, but we might have thought about doing it, or we might have dreamt of doing it. But they're, you know, they actually did it. So when we're talking about all these escapades of all these celebrities sometimes they're spoken about in terms of wow look at the amazing thing that this person did and what are we thinking we're imagining ourselves doing it and when we're talking about how their lives are disasters and falling apart we're like wow the, i thought they were great but i guess i'm better because at least my life is not falling apart like that so we're living in a we're creating a psychological bubble for ourselves to prop ourselves up to give ourselves a sense of value without bringing god into the picture without bringing Torah into the picture, without bringing any higher purpose into the picture, that's really what La HaRat does. And again, it all starts with talking, what our focus is, what our mentality is. Right? So that's the what, what the Rambam is trying to tell us, and that's why it's kafar bi'ikar, denying the existence of God. That's why it's uh, why it's equivalent to the three worst sins. Because what are the three worst sins? Idolatry, which is, of course, getting God out of the picture. Okay. Immorality, which means pursuing Desire Limitless You know Selfish desire Which is what One thing a person does When they read about The escapades of other people is they fantasize about it In their own mind Doing it themselves Or Shvichud damim Is killing Because what are you basically doing When you say negative things About people Is you're getting the satisfaction Of destroying them To a certain And sometimes you really do Destroy them Sometimes you really do affect them Right Sometimes actually Practically it affects them Sometimes maybe it doesn't But you're getting that vicarious psychological satisfaction of, I am great because I've got to put that other person down. Or, I am great because even though I wish I could do those totally immoral things that I'm reading about the other person doing, I didn't actually do them. So I can sort of imagine doing it, but without actually doing it. So a person is getting themselves into a psychological bubble where they can define their worth in terms of this imaginary drama going on around them. Instead of really having to hold themselves accountable to a higher power and to a higher purpose. And then we, that's really what the Rambam talks about in Hilchot Deot. But let's skip to the Lashon HaRat discussion in Tzarat. So we talked about Tzarat. Why Tzarat then? So I explained one time in one of the Drashot on Shabbat, something very interesting about Tzarat. Tzarat is a unique type of impurity. First of all, what is Tzarat essentially? It's decay. It's decay Right? Meaning that either the wall is decaying Or the cloth is decaying Or my skin is decaying So when Miriam had Tzarat Moshe Rabbeinu asked Hashem or Actually I should say Aaron said to Moshe tihi Don't let her be like a dead person It's like you're falling apart Like she's, she's literally decomposing The body is decomposing Right? That's what Tzarat essentially is. And you see it even in the Halakha. Because if a person with Tzarat goes under the same roof as, a, as other things, they become Tameh. Just like if a dead body will go under the roof with a, you wouldn't be allowed to be there because you're Kohen, right? Because the Tum'ah spreads throughout the room. A, a person with Tzarat has that same power. They go under the they go under a roof, everything under there becomes Tameh. So it's like they are walk, walking dead. Okay, they're considered dead. But I think there's a tremendous lesson there. What is the Torah telling you? You get sarat for Lashon Ar-ra. The Torah is telling you if you are engaged in Lashon Ar-ra to this extent, that you are so enmeshed in the Lashon Ar-ra, you don't have a life. Or as we would say in today's, today's words, get a life. Right? You need to get a life. You're literally wasting away. You don't have any substance. Because all you're doing is in your fantasy world of talking about other people, giving yourself the illusion that you are somehow good, giving yourself the illusion that you're somehow important. And that's what the Rambam is describing when he describes the group of people that they go from talking about nonsense just to entertain themselves, to talking about people badly, then they start talking about religion, talk about, talking about God. It doesn't mean in one conversation with Chai and Tukhmeh they go from being, talking about nonsense to uh, become atheist by the end of the one conversation. That's not what it means. It means the, t- the tendency of a person who is in that world, who's in that world of talking about others to give themselves a, a good sense of self, that's where their sense of importance and value comes from. That person will inevitably have to push God out of the picture, have to push Torah out of the picture. Because the idea that there's some objective reality that I have to be held to, that my worth is actually defined in terms of my relationship with Hashem or how much I live according to the Torah or how much I live according to the values of the Torah, that contradicts what Lashon is all about because Lashon is telling me that no, what gives me a feeling of being good is that I'm able to put other people down or I'm able to vicariously live through their, uh, uh, you know, through their bad adventures without actually participating in them. I'm able to create this bubble around myself where I'm made to feel good and I'm made to feel worthwhile. My life is made to feel worthwhile and it's all an illusion. But if you burst my bubble by showing me that there's something higher than that, I don't want that. So even if the person won't come out straight and tell you, I don't believe in God, psychologically, where are they actually getting their satisfaction from? Where their sense of worth from? They're getting their sense of worth from the lowest of the low place. That's what the Rambam is saying. And he says, even Miriam... It's a very interesting story, Miriam. What was Miriam's question? She said, why is Moshe Rabbeinu separating from his wife? He says he's so holy. We're also prophets and we, we, we're, we have a normal marital life, right? So then why is it even Lashon HaRa if she didn't say anything negative? She compared him to other prophets. Why is it Lashon HaRa? Why is it even labeled as Lashon HaRa? Because what's the implication? The implication is why did Moshe do it? Not because he's a prophet, not because he uh, actually has to, but because he thinks he's better than us. That was the, imp- the implication of Miriam's question was. Yeah, the implication of it is we're the same, right? Because the Rambam even says she co- right, she was confused. She, we're the same. So, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu is getting a little bit, she probably didn't call him Moshe Rabbeinu. It was her brother, but you know. Uh, he's getting a little high on himself that, you know, we're all the same. Why does he think that he needs to be super holy? Right? That's that's the implication. She didn't come out and even say that. But the point is that that was, even that insinuation was like almost dragging the siblings into a competition over prophet prophetic status. Like losing sight of really uh, the ultimate picture. That's the... So it's also moving into Lashon Hoa. And that's why the Rambam ends. And I think the Rambam's ending is is amazing. Because he ends off by saying, what should you talk about? Because one of the mistakes many people make is that they only, they know what not to do. Don't talk about this. Don't think about this. Don't talk about this. Don't do that and don't do the other thing. But there's nothing to replace it with. What should I do? The energy needs to go somewhere. So where does the energy supposed to go? It's supposed to go into Torah, it's supposed to go into Chukmat, it's supposed to go into Gmilut Chasadim. The Rambam says that Tzaddik, in both places, here he talks about Divrei Torah, and Divrei Chukma, words of Torah and wisdom. In, in Il Chodeor, he also says uh, Gmilut Chasadim, other things. In other words, a person uses their power of speech to expand their horizons, to look beyond themselves, to learn new things, to understand new things, to do good things. Not to give themselves an illusion of superiority by sitting around and talking about what other people are doing, whether it's for good or for bad. And usually it's for bad. You know? That a person shouldn't fall into that trap. Because that's a trap. It is a type of idolatry. Because it's a type of making yourself the center. Creating your own reality. Idolatry was creating your own reality. Making an imaginary God with imaginary expectations and imaginary religion to make yourself feel better. Okay? And that's exactly what the person is doing in Lashon HaRat. They're making themselves, they're giving themselves that satisfaction that they are good based on an illusion. And that's the danger of it. And so the Rambam is telling us, but there's an antidote to it. The antidote is, use your power of speech for good. And in fact, the, uh, in fact, the Gemara says in Masechet and it says that what's the, what's the antidote to Lashon Hara? It says if you're a person who can learn Torah, Speak about different Torah. If you're a person who uh, doesn't learn Torah, so, so speak about other mitzvot and gmilut chasadim that you can use your power of speech for good, and your attention can be on greater things. And so that's, the, that's really the essence of, I think, why Lashon HaRa is simultaneously, yeah, it's not something the court is going to legislate, because it's about our own level of development. It's about our own relationship with Hashem. It's not something that can be legislated black and white. It's something we have to grow towards. But it shows you an ideal. And next time you slip into the trap of talking about people, ask yourself, wait a second, why am I tempted to talk about this right now? What satisfaction is it really giving me? Is it giving me satisfaction of some kind of a guilty pleasure that I, you know, or is it giving me some kind of a satisfaction of an aggression towards them, I'm kind of putting them down? What is my motivation? What am I giving into here in myself, in my lower elements that is pushing me to and if you realize that it's not that, and you're really just talking because you want to be constructive, and there's something, or there's something to learn, you're allowed to talk about other people in order to learn something from the situation. You're allowed to talk about other people in order to help. If there's something constructive, it can be, uh, it can be constructive. So if you really are sure that there's no lower element or motivation, so then of course that's what, what's called lito elit in the Shulhan that you're allowed to do it for to for a real purpose. But we have to always be on, vigilant and on our guard that we don't fall into the trap of the mentality of Lashon Hora that can pull us away from uh, a relationship with Hashem. Okay? Yes, yes. How does the third party, people to marry about Mashiach, how does the
1: third party that we spoke about to Lashon Hora protect himself? Like, the variant envy. Yeah. How does Mashiach, I mean, i to,
0: to that. Oh, part. you For mean, example, to... like, the third party. The person who's being talked about?
1: Yes, how do you, how does, because that one also will really be affected.
0: Yeah, of course. He's the one who's the the because you know the victim, there's not you know I don't know the the answer to that I don't know because you know that's why it's nowadays Yeah. It's very dangerous. The third party yeah. actually
1: being really, really pushed more than people You're right, right. Yeah. 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 And that third party as you say a restaurant whatever the so third party yeah. has no way to say anything. Like he's just having a room or everybody's yeah. talking about yeah. him like this. So how does that
0: it's a good sad. question it's not really a question about Lashon Hara itself it's a question about how to deal in general with protecting yourself from you know from harm and uh, yeah, that's not the so yeah. Not depending on true. depending on the circumstances you know somebody who's a public figure like Moshe Rabbeinu it's almost like impossible you know yeah well, not yeah yeah and some and unfortunately there will always be people even if you do everything right even if you... Right, there, there, there will always be people who are vicious people and who will try to cause you harm. Uh, but I think that to the extent that a person... Like it says about, let's say, Yosef HaTzadik. Okay? So it says, Yosef HaTzadik, ayin hara, did not affect him. What does it mean, ayin hara? It doesn't mean magical ayn hara. It means that because he was such a, an upstanding person, Right? He had all the control over Paro's money, and he never took one penny. He had the ability to take Potiphar's wife, and he didn't do it. You know, he had all these opportunities to violate his moral principles, and he never did it. And he had a reputation of always doing the right thing, and people respected him. So, because that was the overwhelming reputation that he built for himself, so it was difficult for people to resent somebody like Yosef HaTzaddik, because they saw the good that he did. That's why after he died. So while he was alive, the Egyptians were okay with the fact that basically he set up the Jews to be um, uh, favored citizens in Egypt. All the Egyptians had to give up their land and give up everything that they had in order to get bread. But the Jews who lived in Goshen had special... uh, You know, their meals were paid for and they were able to own land and they were able to have freedom. So they were put in a superior... They were like uh, the regular Egyptians became second-class citizens and the Jews were like elevated by Yosef because of the deal that he made with Paro to keep them separate in Goshen. Okay? The Egyptians were willing to accept that as long as Yosef was around because Yosef was such a dedicated public servant. So good. Never seeking anything for himself. Never... So because he had such a, an ironclad reputation, even if there were certain people that are, you know, are bad people, they wouldn't be able to have an impact on him because he's so, he was so loved. Um, so, and that's what it means, Ayn Arad didn't affect him. So the only thing we can do is really go out of our way to be as excellent as we can. And that neutralizes to some effect, meaning it, it to some extent that neutralizes it because if you have an overwhelming positive out there An overwhelmingly positive Shem Tov Like we would call it So then even if There are always Going to be some people That they You know They want to cause you harm It will be negated By the fact that You have the overwhelming Shem Tov So the best thing Is to build for yourself A Shem Tov To the extent that It keeps you uh, You know It keeps you above but, but it's not It's not foolproof But that's Another the...
1: question If you get hurt from it
0: you get yeah. hurt from it
1: Then you want to talk
0: about it right.
1: is it considered Now I am talking To Shem
0: It could be It depends on the situation Meaning, if a person is like it. being spoken the to the point he was hurting,
1: he was But
0: right. so well, how is the reach. talking going to help? What? How will his talk, let's say the victim of Lashon Hara, so how will his talking about it help?
1: No, the victim of Lashon Hara will come and talk to the
0: person that he spoke about. Oh. So does it consider now If he confronts the person who spoke about him? Confront. That's not, that's Lashon. not, that's yeah. not, Lashon that's okay. No, of course, if the, if you know that somebody's saying things about you and you want to address it and say, you know, I heard that you said this and I want to, you know, I want to deal with it, that's not, that's not, Lashon it's that, I don't know if it will always be effective. Sometimes it could be bad, but you have to know. You have to, it depends on the circumstance. Did you want to say?
1: Um, Go back to like the, What happens if you actually
0: had a bad experience? That, so that's what we call the toilet. In other words, let's say, let's say there's, for example, a situation where... The, I think this is important. This is why this whole um, discussion was important because, and why I wanted everyone to understand the meaning of hara, Because once you realize that hara is about gaining some kind of satisfaction or fulfillment from the talking itself about the other people, right? But if the purpose of talking is, let's say you know that uh, a kid... I, I happened to, you know, when I, was in, when I was in graduate school, we learned about, you know, child, you know for psychology, we learned about different kinds of uh, injuries, brain injuries and developmental issues. And I remember there was one case about a kid who was riding a bike without a helmet and he got, you know, he got injured. So I'll always tell my kids, you know, I saw this video, in school, the kid was, like, amazing, so so such an amazing, talented, capable kid, and he went on his bike one time without a helmet, and he got a brain damage, and he could never, you know, he was, like, a vegetable the rest of his life, you know? So using that as an example to teach something to your kids, like, you have to always put on a helmet. Don't say, oh, it's okay just one time because it only takes one time. Right? So, like, you're using it to educate. I don't want to talk about the poor kid that's, you know, the, in the vegetative state or whatever. I, w- I want to teach something. Or in a case where you know this person actually swindled people out of money. So, you go to someone and say, Look, I heard that you're thinking of going into a business partnership with Tim. I think it's important that you know that Tim, like, I was in a business relationship with him and he, he did this or he did that just to warn you. Or let's say somebody's thinking of getting married to somebody or going out with somebody and you know that. It's happened to me because I'm oftentimes in a position that uh, having to recommend or or whatever people for shiduchim and I've had one or two cases not of people in this community but in other communities that I've been asked about a person and I had to say look this person has had difficulties in the past in relationships I, you should be aware of it um, because I was you know I was doing it purely for not because I wanted to sit and talk about the person but because I wanted to give this ind- individual important information for them to make a life decision you know so that's okay what you're asking is 100 percent okay it's only when you're when you say i want to tell you all the details about how tim ripped me off and what a jerky is now you're getting into lashon harad territory if you're saying look this is what happened i just want you to be aware then you're giving information that's that's for for a practical reason I hear yeah I mean you could say you have experience with them in business and this such and such happened, and I just wanted to be aware of it and describe it sort of in clinical terms you're not sitting to 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 diss Tim and talk about how much a better businessman you are you're actually just trying to help this other person you know whereas you know if you're in competition with Tim in business and you're really trying to throw a wrench in it by uh, that's a different story now you're you now you're being a bad actor. Because sometimes I'm positive
1: to you can be not positive. You think that your company you might be
0: not. That's true. That's true. I but if the person I guess is in a situation where they're about to go into a business with the person and there's some relevant information that you want to share with them, you're really sharing it only in order to give them information that they need to know, not for the sake of scandal or gossip, the the pleasures of gossip, we should say, you know? Then uh, and and the reason why I thought this was an important class is like what is the Rambam showing you? Why does he mention it? The question I started out with, why does he mention it twice? Once in development of, uh, of character and once in taraat? Because he's showing you the corrosive effect. What is taraat? The person's literally falling apart. So it's not just a matter of your development and character and that you should be talking about and thinking about the things that are really going to bring you closer to God. It's also that it's a corrosive thing. It pulls you down, it tears you apart when this is the world in which you are living. And I think that, you know, especially in our modern times, with social media 24 seven, know, we're bombarded by people, what people are doing, what people are saying, what people are saying about other people, what people are thinking about this, what are their comments on the post, who's liking it, who's disliking it, who's doing this. It's this whole world that envelops, uh, envelops people and it creates tremendous pressure on them to find their sense of acceptance and their sense of belonging in that world. But that's not the real world. It's, an, it's just, I mean, the human world is real, but it's a tiny sliver of the, of, of the bigger world that's out there. And we have to stay focused on what really makes us, ha- you know, what really makes life meaningful, which is not that. And that's the key. Any other questions? Yes. Um, what is, you know there are three levels and the first level is not the people. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's gossip, really. That's news, you know. I think you're, if a per- Yeah, it depends. I mean, there are cases in which even a positive thing can be negative. Like we know that the halacha says that there's, there are cases of avak um, you know, where you're in a situation that you know a certain person around the table doesn't like Tim. So you mention, oh, Tim is such a nice guy. Let me tell you, Tim is amazing. And then you know that Bob hates Tim and he's going to now trash Tim and you're going to get to hear an amazing thrashing of Tim by Bob and you didn't have to do anything. And then if Tim says, hey, I heard you said something, but what are you talking, I I was saying how great you are. You know, I could see this happening with rabbis too, you know, Rabbi Rabbi, uh, Goldberg says, oh, Rabbi Goldstein is great. And then, you know, Rabbi Silverstein says, what are you talking about? He doesn't know anything. Yeah, you know, this, this happens. So, wherever there's competition, wherever there's a human element, there could be that. But if you're just sharing, if you go to someone who hates the person who just has a simcha, and you say, guess what? I have great news. Right, you have to know your audience. You have to know. Yeah. There's also indirect kinds of shonara, where, like we said before, where a person drops hints. You know, they drop hints that, oh, I don't even want to tell you what things were like, you know, when I went to college with Tim you know, or whatever. They drop hints, you know, and then you, they leave it to your imagination. Sometimes that's even worse, because you might be imagining like something a billion times worse than whatever Tim actually did in college. You know? So it's, there are all kinds of ways, but think about it from a really honest perspective, what satisfaction you're seeking to gain. And this is why it's a matter of character. Halakha, it doesn't matter what satisfaction you're seeking to gain from whether you put the food on the hot plate or you don't put it on the hot plate. That's just the halakha. Yes or no, that's it. When it comes to the shonarai, you really have to know your heart. It's really about your development. Am I being honest with myself? Why am I really saying this? Is it because I want to somehow vicariously live through what this person did and enjoy that while I'm... Se- congratulating myself for not being as wild and crazy as they are is it because i want to put them down is it because whatever the reason is is it because i want acceptance from my friends that i'm bringing them juicy gossip and even though i have nothing against tim i know this person hates tim so i want to be i want to be a person i want the, i want bob to love me so i'm going to mention bad things about tim. whatever the reason is you have to be honest with yourself bob and tim are going to be you know recurring characters If it's for advice, it's okay. Advice is... A, you, we, sometimes you have to ask for advice. That's, that's okay. okay. If it's necessary, you know. If it's necessary for the... If it's relevant to the situation, then you would be allowed to. It's, it's, that's why I'm saying it's so much a judgment call. And that's why, actually, it's interesting that Rav Yisrael Salanter, who's the famous, you know, Musar uh, master, didn't like the Hafez Chaim's book on Lashon Rahm. Chavetz Chaim wrote a couple of books on Lashon Yishmirat HaLashon and Sefer Chavetz Chaim. And Rabbi Salaam didn't like it. He said, because you can't reduce the laws of Lashon Hara to technical rules. Because that's not how it really, that's not, it's, it's, a, it's about the inner sense. So you have to know yourself. Am I saying this because I want to, I want, I, I'm asking the rabbi for advice, but I also want him to know that Tim is a jerk. So I'm going to say, by the way, it was Tim, you know. Or you know, am I saying it because he really knows Tim, and maybe he can give me insight into what to do? Because I need advice. You have to be honest with yourself on those issues. uh, No, no, it wouldn't be for them because they're because it's going to be about how you frame it. You're framing it as I'm asking for advice. So it's like you know, if if it's relevant for them to know, so then you. uh, It's like I remember when I was. um, when I was doing uh, clinical psychology, a lot of times people would say, like a person would say, are you Jewish? To the therapist. You know, they would ask the therapist what their religion was. And I remember in graduate school, the teacher said, you should always ask, oh, do I need to be Jewish to understand what what you're gonna tell me? Meaning you shouldn't get into a, a sort of like a gossipy type of discussion but oh, you're Jewish, oh, where are you from? Because that's not the purpose of the therapeutic relationship. You're here to help guide them or give them advice or whatever it might be. So even that, they told, they advised us to always like deflect the question back and say, oh, oh would I need to be Jewish to, 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 to get this? Don't just say, yes, I'm Jewish. You know? Even though practically everybody in my program was Jewish, but that was just because it's New York um, and the psychology program. But the but it's a it's a way to always just think is it is it necessary if it's necessary to mention the person's name then yeah if it's not then then it's probably better not to but I it's a case by case basis okay so thank you everybody oh yes sorry.
1: I didn't you because that's, like, validating, like, yeah, someone's hurting you and, like, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Even if if someone's, like, taking you off and you just feel, like, that's about it and you get that, like, satisfaction or, like, validation, like, yeah, I understand why that's taking you off, but it's not really, like, they're hurting you, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. But is that considered, like, is that okay Let's say, like, for you to, like, get that validation of, (laughs) like,
0: Yeah, yeah. That's why it's so tough. That's why it's so tough. Because I was going to say, you know, if it's a situation where you're just feeling down and you're feeling upset and you want to talk about your feelings in order to help work through them or process them. Because sometimes you need, we need to talk to able to process feelings or process our experiences. So then it would be okay. The problem is, like you said, it's a gray area because you always are going to be tempted to start bashing the person who is responsible for the problem more than what's necessary for dealing with the problem. You know that's that, and you're right. It's a gray area. So I think all of lashon hara is a gray area, and that's why the Rambam put it in Hilchot Deot because it's something where we have to know where we stand and always try to push ourselves a little to be better in this area. It's an area we need to work on. It's not an area that you're going to wake up one day and be like lashon hara free because you you achieved that level. At the same time, like I don't think Moshe Rabbeinu ever probably was engaged in it. You know, because a person who's on that level. They, they, you know, one thing that you see is that people whose minds are on higher things don't have the time or inclination to talk much about human drama, you know? But we're all on a, in a process of getting to that, that level. We're not all on that level. So we have to, we have to get there slowly. So
1: going back to what she's saying, if you're apart from somebody, then you share it with somebody just to you feel good with that person you're close to
0: you, it's okay. I would say it's, it, it. It's it's, it's if you if what you're. It's a gray area, so it depends. If you, when I'm in a situation like that on the receiving end, when I, I'll I'll give you an example for my myself. That's all I can tell you. When I'm in the when I'm on the receiving end, and somebody close to me, says, "Oh, so and so," said this offensive thing, or so and so did this bad thing. I'll focus, let's say Mary is telling me that Tim said something very offensive. I'm using the most, <laughs> okay? So I'll say to Mary, oh, how are you feeling about it? Oh, what did you do? Oh, what are you gonna do now? I'll just try to keep the focus on Mary, since Mary's the person who's having the problem. Instead of being like, wow, you're right, Tim is the biggest jerk. Why is Tim in every one of these stories about that Do so bad, you know? So rather than let the focus shift onto Tim, try to keep the focus on the person who is going through the difficult time and, and what they're what they're doing with. What
1: do think
0: I I oh what, what what do you think should do is is that's a legitimate question. But not getting dragged into bashing Tim. Just focus on how to, how you're feeling, what you're thinking, what you're gonna do next, and how you should process what you experience. That's all within the kosher stuff, you don't want to get in, dragged into making it a, a, a bash fest of, of whoever the perpetrator was, you know, whoever the, you know, so that, I think that's the key. It's, it's hard, it's hard, but that's the, uh, that's the goal. And, and like I said, it's not something that you're going to, overnight, everyone's going to be perfect. That's why it's in Hilchot Ot. That's why the Rambam even says about Tzarat, that it's a person who gets progressively more in, you know, entrenched in it, that then the Tzarat happens... You know, so there's a matter of degree. We're trying to get higher and higher and reach what the Rambam says at the end that all of our discussion is only about chokhma and it's only about and It's only about good things and constructive things and meaningful things. That would be an amazing world if we could achieve that. Um, But we do that one step at a time. Okay.
1: We can only be.
0: we can only be responsible yeah. for ourselves, and hopefully that becomes we become contagious in our goodness instead of the other way around. I think uh, that's you know I, I talked about it on Tisha B'av also Tisha B'av everyone is always saying, oh why should I why am I mourning on Tisha B'av all these other people are doing this and that so I'm gonna do Tishuba but the Beit Hamikdash is gonna be built because I did Tishuba no because everyone else here is doing this and that another thing and a lot of Jews are bad and. They're, You'll say, all these, you'll, you'll say, what's the point? But the fact is that it all starts with one person. One person starts doing good, and they influence another person to start doing good. And that's how all positive movements towards, towards good begin with one very strong, vocal, committed person who impacts many, many, many people. Every social movement for good started like that. you know. When I look even just at our own Beit Midrash here in Shairach Amim, and I remember when I came here nine years ago, and it was me, and a table downstairs, and however few people we had, you know, and now it's like, uh, you know, it's, we, we started small, but a few, few people committed, and it grows and grows, and, 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 and Baruch Hashem, we see, the, we see the impact that a few people talking about Torah can become hundreds of people talking about Torah, and, and Baruch Hashem will see that. Okay, I want to let everyone go, but uh, w- again, we, we're praying for Etan Moshe ben Miriam, praying for B'Sorot Tovot, and uh, good news soon, and uh, a good outcome, and, and hopefully in the of are all of us trying to apply these ideals to our life, uh, we should merit that our tefillah be answered.